but but at its heart, I mean, it's folk medicine. It's meant for everyday people to apply and use. And so there's even more of this science of life that is very accessible. And once you get it, it's very intuitive. One of my teachers, Dr. Claudia Welsh, says there's a lot of Ayurveda moments where you're just like, oh yeah, duh, of course. You know, if I eat something rich and heavy and um, fatty, it's going to make me feel tired and heavy and fatty. Um, you know, things like that where these these associations, you know, you may have seen in your in your little Ayurveda book, these intricate food lists of who should eat what and, you know, what the best vegetables are for this body type and um, the best grains for that body type. But really, it's it's more of a framework and understanding that once you get it, once you sort of put on that Ayurvedic lens, you can't unsee it. And it, it, it just becomes intuitive as you tune into your body, the, the subtle cues that your body is giving you, the subtle cues in your environment and um, and tune into, you know, how you react to different foods that you eat. It becomes a really um, easy way to navigate dietary questions um, using this approach. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you are watching or listening. This is The Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. The Holistic Monitor is a wellness podcast featuring life energy research, health and wellness transformation, self-improvement and empowerment, philosophy, spirituality, and now guest interviews as well. We look forward to your comments on our YouTube channel, at Holistic Monitor, and you can also listen on the go with us at Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and more. And with that, let's get today's show started. Do you struggle with chronic health issues? Are you looking for a holistic approach to optimizing your health? On today's episode of the Holistic Monitor, we welcome Kimberly Kubicki, an Ayurvedic educator, consultant, and health coach. She helps individuals harness their body's potential to thrive. Kimberly's approach to Ayurveda focuses on helping clients develop a deeper awareness of their bodies and remedies to effectively resolve imbalances. Using her unique approach, she has helped countless clients optimize their health and well-being. What sets Ayurveda apart from other systems of medicine is its all-inclusive approach towards life. It views the body, mind, and spirit as interconnected and seeks to balance them to achieve optimal health. Kimberly's practice is open to anyone looking to improve their health through Ayurveda. Join us as we delve into Ayurveda and learn how it can help us achieve optimal health and well-being. And now, here is Kimberly Kubicki. Uh, Kimberly Kubicki, expert in Ayurveda and its impact on women's health, trained in Ayurvedic medicine, nutrition, and hormonal health, a registered Ayurvedic practitioner and Ayurvedic food and nutrition consultant. Does that sound like what you're doing? Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, I love Ayurvedic um, nutrition. I have a book that I have uh, uh, every now and again I dip into. It's like a, a study type of book, a uh, little tiny book. But there's a lot to Ayurvedic um, 
the Ayurvedic science of nutrition is like a cosmology onto its own. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, a, a much different understanding than Western nutrition. Yeah, so it like uh, I think it uh, it aligns you with a certain body type, and that kind of guides how you're supposed to um, eat and uh, what kind of medicine you should take. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, body type forms kind of the foundation of of understanding yourself and what's going to be um challenging for you and what's going to be supportive to you and what foods are going to work best to keep you in balance um ayurvedic diet also takes into account the season the climate that you're living in um recognizing that different times of year are going to bring out different qualities in us like right now where i am um in the northeast it's cold and wet and so we're going to have more cold and wet conditions in our body. And so we want to eat foods that are going to warm us up mm. and kind of dry us out a little bit. Uh, whereas in the fall season, for example, it's really dry. And so we want to eat a lot of rich fatty foods to help moisten our tissues because everything's drying out around us. So aside from just understanding your own individual body, you also put your body in the context that it's living in and sort of combining those two understandings make the best food choices that you can. Hmm. Okay. Very much like uh, in, a, in a dichotomy, it works in an opposite to balance. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Duality is a big um, concept in Ayurveda. There's hmm. similar to Chinese medicine. Um, we're all pretty familiar with the idea of yin and yang. Ayurveda has the same concepts. Um, we call it Brahmana and Langana. Um, Brahmana means building, Langana means lightning. And there's sort of refinements of each of those two overarching polar opposites. Um, and we use we use those as um, the way that we categorize and understand our bodies and the food that we eat. So Ayurveda, Western medicine, I, I think is very much quantitative medicine. We look at how many calories does this have? How much fat does it have? How much protein does it have? And we break down um, all these different measurements. Whereas Ayurveda is more qualitative medicine. We look at what is this like? What is this food like? Oh, it's heavy and it's oily and it's um, it makes me feel sluggish and tired after I eat it versus, oh, it's really light and sharp and spicy and I feel really awake and alert after I eat it. Um, and, you know, everything in Ayurveda has the potential to be medicine and everything has the potential to be poison. It all depends mm. on for whom, when, and how much. Right, right. Wow. So what is the, what is the, uh, the history? I know it's probably, you know, thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the basics of the history of uh, Ayurvedic, uh, Ayurvedic practice? Well, it's said to be the oldest system of healing in the world. And um, yeah, that it's as old as life itself, that, that humans for as long as we've existed have taken note of our environment, the elements in our environment and how they interact with our bodies. Um, so at, at its heart, you know, there's a lot about Ayurveda that's very advanced and intricate and um, really 
foreign to our Western minds, but, but at its heart, I mean, it's folk medicine. It's meant for everyday people to apply and use. And so there's even more of this science of life that is very accessible. And once you get it, it's very intuitive. One of my teachers, Dr. Claudia Welsh, says there's a lot of Ayurveda duh moments where you're just like, oh yeah, duh, of course. You know, if I eat something rich and heavy and um, fatty, it's gonna make me feel tired and heavy and fatty. Um, you know, things like that where these, these associations, you know, you may have seen in your in your little Ayurveda book, these intricate food lists of who should eat what and, you know, what the best vegetables are for this body type and um, the best grains for that body type. But really, it's it's more of a framework and understanding that once you get it, once you sort of put on that Ayurvedic lens, you can't unsee it. And it, it, it just becomes intuitive as you tune into your body, the, the subtle cues that your body is giving you, the subtle cues in your environment and um, and tune into, you know, how you react to different foods that you eat. It becomes a really um, easy way to navigate dietary questions um, using this approach. Right, right. And, that's a, and what kind of uh, training did you have to go through to learn all of this because it is it's a big system a lot of facets. yeah um well i studied with dr vasant lad at the ayurvedic institute um he is sort of credited with bringing ayurveda to the west um mm -hmm. he was really the first person teaching about it in english and making it accessible to a western audience um so i studied with him and graduated from his ayurvedic institute and then i went on to study with amadea morningstar who is a western trained nutritionist as well as an ayurveda practitioner she also studied with dr laud um, and then i also have studied with dr claudia welch who's a doctor of oriental medicine as well as an Ayurveda practitioner. Um, and she really specializes in women's health and hormones. And then I've studied with a number of doctors in India um, through online study. Okay, that's fantastic. There's so much to the system, uh, the body types, the food. Uh, there's, uh, it's part of, is it part of the Vedas? Is it part yeah. of the original mm -hmm. Vedic? Okay. Yeah, they say that that Ayurveda is derived from the Atharva Veda. There's four four main Vedas, and they say that Ayurveda is sort of like a a subset of the Atharva Veda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I first read, uh, um, what was it that I read? It was one of the um, Upanishads. I think it was something like that. Is that mm -hmm. right, Upanishads? Mm -hmm. And it's it spoke right to me. It was like talking as if it was me uh, reflecting in a book. It was like soul searching, like mm. somebody looking for their soul in the world. Mm. It was really, or within themselves. It was mm -hmm. a really cool, um, like mirror glance. That's what it felt like. Like mm. I was reading something that maybe I wrote. <laughs> it was a very, very cool, uh, very cool experience reading the, the Upanishads, um, which I guess are part of the Vedas. I can't remember how the whole breakdown is in the, in that uh, in that system, but I've always really been uh, into how Ayurvedic uh, practice involves food. It involves something that's like an everyday 
necessary thing. Uh, but it also has that that spiritual yeah. uh, balance to it as well. It's not just this uh, nutrition system or a diet or something like that. It's actually it's it's a full cosmology, you know. Yeah, the definition of of health actually in Ayurveda is um, that that there's balance in all your bodily functions. Um, and so like your digestion, your, your waste removal processes, the tissues in your body, there's, there's harmony and balance and all of those. And that the person is well situated in themselves. So mm -hmm. there's kind of this mental and spiritual component as well as this biological component to, to understanding and achieving health. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So it goes, Ayurveda goes far beyond just diet you know it's yeah. not just about what you eat it's diet and lifestyle really and your lifestyle. daily habits um you know how you structure your daily routine all of that comes into play as well right and i remember there was a lot of uh in the book there's a lot of levels of um which i thought was super advanced for uh such an old traditional system as ayurveda um but it seems like it's common sense, something that you would want to do when you have somebody come up with an issue. You do a lot of evaluations. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember if there was a uh, subjective, but definitely uh, tongue, the tongue mm -hmm. tests. There's like mm -hmm. uh, the shape of the tongue um, mm -hmm. and how it looks, the appearance. Mm -hmm. uh, that tells a lot about a person. Uh, what was there? It's a, uh, the eyes, I think, uh, maybe. I'm not yeah, sure if that was eyes. neurology, but... The eyes, the skin, um, you know, even how they talk, their their temperament. Right. Um, th you can notice sometimes even like a smell coming off of somebody. Mm -hmm. The nails are something that we the look nails. at. Right. Um, the pulse the can pulse. be used in diagnosis. Also, um, the stool is gives yep, yep. a powerful um, insight about right. what's going on in your digestive tract. Um, so, you know, the person's habits around urination, bowel right. movements, sweating, all of that gives you information as to what their body type likely is mm. and what their current state of imbalance likely is. And by enzymes and things that might be in the, uh, the urine, saliva, that sort of thing. Yeah, enzymes are, are more like a Western understanding. Oh, okay. um, we would look more at the properties, you know, of, of those oh. things in Ayurveda. Color. Color, uh, smell, consistency. Yep. consistency. Yep. Okay. All that the frequency at which they they go. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a very very uh, all encapsulating type of uh, a practice. Uh, yeah, for sure. Now, do you have a, a physical practice, or are you mostly online? These days I offer everything online um, mm, and I've okay. been doing that since 2015. So way before wow. COVID um, I've been offering a lot of my services online. And then when COVID happened, I just went fully online all the time. Right. Um, so I do one-on-one -on -one consultations online. Um, and with those folks may wonder, well, how can, you know, how can you take my pulse and yeah, see yeah. my tongue and all this stuff if we're online. But I, I have a pretty extensive intake form and I've been refining this process over the last eight years. So I've got it down to a pretty good um, regimen, but I've got a pretty extensive intake form and I ask folks to send me photos 
as mm-hmm. well. And, um, and also ask them while we're talking um, about certain things in their body, you know, to palpate here and tell me what you feel or, right, right. you know, what is your tongue like in the morning when you wake up? Um, can you, can you check it out over the next few weeks and let me know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I offer one-on-one consultations and I have an online course, an eight week online course mm-hmm. called Ayurveda Made Easy that is basically distills all the most practical aspects of Ayurveda down into this easily digestible program. Um, yeah. It's it's sort of all the stuff that I go over with clients and um, you you know it, teach people to use in terms of um, maintaining their optimal health. And then I also run an online nine day guided cleanse. Mm. Um, I, I do group cohorts in the spring and in the fall. And then it's also available for purchase if folks want to do it on their own in between those times. Um, but that's a nice way to kind of give your gut a little reset yeah. and um, f- can be helpful in figuring out food sensitivities and just shifting your habits, um, cleaning the slate, detoxifying your body, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say um, a person's headspace kind of has to be in a state where they're ready to make a change or um, could it be on like a, like a simple dietary level at first and then they get results and they start to think, Hey, you know, (laughs) there might be more to this than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Ayurveda is all about meeting people where they're at. So, um, you know, for some clients, they are ready to make some big changes. You know, maybe they've gotten a scary diagnosis or, um, you know, they just turned a certain age and now they feel like I want to, you know, get my health in gear. They just retired and it's time to take care of themselves. And so, you know, they're, they come like, I want big changes And then other folks, um, you know, feel like, yeah, I know I need to shift some things, but also I'm a single working mom and I've got all these responsibilities and like, I can't do, you know, I don't have a bunch of time for myself. Um, So all that is welcome, you know, and and we just break down the steps, um, the sort of the, the path to your healing. We just break it down into smaller steps so that it's, doable for you. And that's, that's a unique, I think, um, a unique aspect of the, of the Ayurvedic, um, patient practitioner relationship is that it's more collaborative. It's more, you know, I'm going to offer you, like I said earlier, everything has the potential to be medicine and everything has the potential to be poison. So we can, the, the, the ways to approach healing are sort of endless, right? And I'm going to offer, I offer my clients sort of a menu of ways that we can work with the imbalances that I see. And then they pick and choose what's doable for them at that given time. And then we just slowly build on it. And Ayurveda, the approach of Ayurveda is very much slow and steady wins the race. Um, so we're not looking to, you know, overhaul your entire life on the first visit because that just doesn't last, you know, right, it's, right. it's not going to be sustainable. Um, but when we gradually make things habits and shift patterns, that really lasts over the long run. Yeah, it's a, a time-honored approach, which mm-hmm. is slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> life, life changes very slowly uh, that 
you know, your body can kind of acclimate to the changes and adjust. Um, is there any uh, specific um, uh, elements or foods that are very specific to uh, Ayurvedic, um, the Ayurvedic way, as it were? Um, I mean, there's traditional foods for sure. Um, ghee would be one, clarified butter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an Ayurvedic dish called kitchari that's like mung dal and rice, and that's um, a very simple healing food. But really, it the Ayurvedic framework and understanding could be applied to any diet, any food mm-hmm. system. So you don't have to eat Indian food if you want to do Ayurveda. You know, you can still eat what you're used to eating and just employ the understanding. Right. That balance, mm-hmm. the harmony of the, uh, was it uh, moist and dry and hot and cold? Yes. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. And as far as that course you were talking about, I said nine weeks, was that right? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And it goes over uh, the history and kind of gives everybody a, a, a way to kind of uh, begin their own way with Ayurveda? Yeah, I wouldn't say it goes over the history of Ayurveda, but it gives you the foundational concepts of Ayurveda, really break those down. Um, And then, yeah, each lesson, each module kind of builds on the last. So we start with the really basic like ABCs of Ayurveda and the Eastern way of um, understanding patterns. That's a Mm. big aspect of Eastern medicine in general. Um, patterns and context, like looking at the big picture and looking at how things move over time. Um, Whereas Western medicine really like zeroes in on, oh, we have a problem. Let's look, let's magnify that one little area and look at the problem there. And we're just going to treat that area for the most part. I mean, I'm I'm oversimplifying, but um, so, so this is like, this course introduces this new way of understanding and bringing to life this idea of patterns and context and how to incorporate that into your understanding of yourself and apply it to maintaining your health. Um, so we we go over the foundational concepts, we go over body type, we go over what an ideal sort of daily routine looks like for each of the body types. Um, and daily routine is kind of a way to give your body, your, our body's gift to us is adaptability, right? It's adapting all the time to maintain homeostasis. We go outside and it's cold, it adapts. We come inside and it's warm, it adapts. We eat something new, it figures out how to digest it. We have a new experience, it figures out how to digest it. What we can give as our thank you to our body is predictability. We can, as much as possible, set up our days in a rhythm that flows so that it's not like a surprise. Oh, we're eating now, even though we're not hungry. And it's like not the usual time that we eat or, oh, we're going to bed now. And, you know, it's crazy late and we're exhausted or we're waking up at the crack of dawn. You know, as much as we can set a steady flow, that really supports our body and being able to maintain balance. Um, and so Ayurveda has a lot to say on just our daily routine, cultivating that so that we're creating the space for our bodies to thrive. Um, we also go over working with the mind and how to um, shift your mindset, ways that you can uh 
sort of enliven your energy and and stimulate the mind and and make you more alert if that's what's needed. And as well as ways that you can calm the mind and center your focus and slow yourself down if that's what's what's needed. So Ayurveda has a lot of time-tested tools that we can use to support our mental health as well as our physical health. Um, And then we, we go into digestion and diet um, as well. Digestion is kind of seen as the cornerstone of health, that that's where, you know, we interact with the outside world and our body has to make sense of what we take in and um, remove the waste and assimilate the good stuff. And so a lot of times when we develop an imbalance in our body, if we trace it back to where it started, it started in our gut. And so there's a lot of importance placed on understanding your digestion and supporting your digestive health. Um, So that's kind of the, the way that the course flows. And during those eight weeks, there's um, live Q and A's with me and the other folks in the course so that you get the benefit of hearing everybody's great questions that you might not have thought to ask. And you get this kind of group momentum and support as you're integrating Um, these new habits and new lifestyle into your life. Um, And once you sign up for the course, you have lifetime access to it. So even if you don't get through all the material in those eight weeks, you can still watch it after. Um, And I'm always available by email um, for any questions that folks have. Uh, But yeah, it's it's a, a, a labor of love. And I think a great synthesis of the beauty of Ayurveda, the the Ayurveda that is meant for everyday people to apply and to keep themselves healthy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and that's we're getting ready to start uh, March 28th. We're going to begin the next session. I run that course in the spring and the fall. Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a very full and informative and healthy uh, course. Yeah. <laughs> now, um as far as herbs, um, do you do you have a Western herbal um, uh, history? I do. I have training in Western herbalism as well as in Ayurvedic herbs. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm familiar with both. Yeah. And do they? Did, is there a crossover at all, or is it very? Uh, again. Is again, understanding of that dichotomy between the uh, types of herbs, cold and chilly, that sort of thing similar to applying the framework of Ayurveda to different types of foods, we can do the same thing with herbs. So we look at the properties of herbs. What are the qualities like? Is this herb heating or cooling? Is it um, stimulating or calming? Is it, um, you know, what part of the plant is it from? Is it a rootsy herb? That's going to be more grounding. Or is it the leafy part of the plant? That's going to be a little more airy and light. So we can use um, yeah, Ayurveda's understanding to understand Western herbs as well. Yeah, it adapts to any system, basically. Yeah, Ayurveda yeah. plays great with everybody. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, as far as um, clients uh, that you have, is um, are you pretty busy as far as your practice goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thankfully so. That's good. That's good. Now, is this something that you would train somebody else? Uh, are you at the level where you'd be... Uh, ready to try and train other people to do what you do as well? I I used to run an online Ayurveda school um, okay. and I developed the curriculum, helped develop the curriculum with a team. And um, 
and taught in the programs as well. And, and we ran certification programs for folks who were looking to become Ayurveda professionals. And that was great. That was a wonderful experience that I'm grateful to have had. Um, and where I feel more passionate and excited about right now is teaching everyday people how yeah. to maintain their own health. Right. Um, because yeah, I just, I, I personally experienced such a revolution in my own health through Ayurveda. And so I want to share that with as many people as I can, because I think a lot of folks these days feel sort of stuck in a system that doesn't feel healthy, doesn't feel like it cares about their well-being um, and, you know, doesn't feel like a transformation is possible. It's just going to be like a dependence on some medication for the rest of your life. Um, and, and I was in that same boat back in my early twenties. I just thought, Oh, I'm going to have these chronic health issues forever. And I'm just always going to need to have health insurance and periodically get medication to deal with them and then enter Ayurveda. And it just rocked my world. It was like such basic, easy, free changes to make in my life that I've never had to take medication for those chronic health issues since then. And this is like 20 something years ago. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And well, one of the great things I think uh, that I get a sense of is uh, the level of control that you have in your own health. Um, whereas in the Western culture, typically you're at the whims of a, a professional and that's it. There's yeah. No learning past that, you know, um, for sure. You, you ask them what you need and that's all you, that's all there is. Yeah. Whereas with Ayurvedic, there's uh, the possibility that you are in control of your own, you know, your own realm, your own health. It's not even the possibility. Love. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You are, you are the one most responsible for your health and in Eastern medicine, um, more of the responsibility is placed on the patient. Whereas in Western medicine, all the responsibility is placed on the doctor, like you said, but with Eastern medicine, you're the one living in your body every day. You're the one making daily choices. Nobody knows your body like you. And, and whether you want to tune into it or not, there is some level of innate wisdom where, you know, you might not make the right choice, but you know in your gut, like, I shouldn't do that. That's not going to be good for me. I'm going to feel that tomorrow, or I'm going to feel that next week, or I'm going to feel that right now. Um, and so, yeah, Ayurveda recognizes that and and kind of celebrates that and, and looks to empower you even further to understand yourself more deeply. Yeah, yeah it's, that's when that just feels very free very uh, liberating mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. to have yeah, to sure. to have the control you know um it's what you put in your mouth and what you eat and how you live and it's it's a it's a really cool practice one that i i should practice i don't practice i i find it uh amazing and uh just uh all-encompassing uh but it's definitely something i need to do more of uh in my life it's not like a full uh, I'm aware of it, but that's you know to the extent that I uh, that I do it is that I I know I'm very watchful and conscious of what I put into my body, but uh, but not on an Ayurvedic sense of me trying to balance the you know the elements in the food. It's definitely something that I feel like I could benefit a lot from though. 
Uh, anybody, yeah. everybody could. It's like <laughs> taking the reins over your, uh, you know, your intake, basically. Totally. Uh, well, and it's not going anywhere. It's been around for a long time. Right. So yeah, it's there waiting for you when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I, a long time ago um, in the '90s. I got to hang out with some people that were. I'm not sure if they were uh, neo Hindu practicing. I'm not really sure. They did cook a lot of dal and did some chanting, mm -hmm. clarified butter. That sort of thing. Um, they were really gung ho about uh, urine drinking. That was their okay. their thing. They really were trying to promote, you know, the benefits of of midstream urine drinking. Uh, they called their camp where we went. It was uh, urination, <laughs> you know, oh <laughs> urination. But they really wanted to promote like that. You, there's a lot of nutrients that are within the body and leaving the body, um, and you know, we in this, in our culture find it like just absolutely terrifying probably. But um, when you see that there's, uh, there's uh, minerals at every point in every step of our body that's processed, that comes out. Um, there's an old tale of uh, two people that were in the desert lost. And um, one of them said, okay, we're going to have to eat and drink, you know, our excrement and, and pee and all that. And uh, the other guy said, well, I'm not doing that. There's no way. <laughs> well, only one of them made it out. And that was mm -hmm. the guy that decided, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that uh, I have something to drink and something to eat. And, wow. you know, on full survival mode, of course, but um, not advised for anybody out there to do that. But there is this whole, um, I, I don't know if it was a, Prime Minister of India that promoted uh, urine drinking as a, as a way to bring the nutrients back into the body to bring some kind of chemistry or balance within the system. Uh, have you heard anything about that? I mean, I've heard of the practice. Um, I don't know about the Indian Prime Minister, and it's not something that I've explored much or used with clients. Um, so I can't really speak to it too much but right. i certainly have heard of it yeah there's a lot of again a lot of facets to the mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. it goes in a lot of different directions <laughs> yeah uh, they yeah were, i mean they cow specific, urine yeah. was a common medicine oh, okay. back in the day like the classical texts talk about that so oh, okay yeah yeah there's yeah. um there's definitely a lot, a lot of interesting yeah. Yeah. things that have been used as medicine. Like I said, right. everything has the potential to be medicine. And yeah. so, um, yeah, certainly things that we're not used to today. Right. Yeah. There's something about lost nutrients and it wasn't, uh, it was where, you, you know, at what process it was, you know, there's a whole thing to it, of course, mm -hmm. <laughs> whole science behind it. Uh, and as far as uh, for your clients, what kind of results are they uh, saying that they get? Or what kind of um, feedback are you getting from your clients? Yeah, um, gosh, lots of, I, I see a lot of women with hormone issues and mm. digestive issues. Okay. A lot of women around age 35 to 60, 65, um, kind of in the perimenopause, menopause right. window. Uh, and so improve, you know, I mean, I could... 
I'm thinking of so many people and what the transformation they've experienced, they've experienced, but better digestion, um, feeling more at home in their body and more connected to their body. I think, you know, for a lot of people that have maybe abused their body, really pushed their limits, um, and, and yeah, kind of run on empty for a long time when perimenopause hits, the debt collector kind of comes to take back all that you've been running on. And I think for a number of of my clients, it's been like, whose body is this? Like, I don't even understand what's happening. I'm gaining Mm. weight. I've never had an issue with weight. I can't sleep, but I'm exhausted all the time. Like what is going on in here? Um, So kind of a recalibration and a a coming home to themselves, um, I think has been probably one of the most profound uh, healing experiences I've gotten to witness, um, better sleep, better skin, better elimination, um, better daily routine and just kind of flow like a, um, an, an ease in anxiety and stress, um, a soothing, yeah, relief to their nervous system. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've had people that have done a lot of people that do my cleanse. You uh, feel like they shed excess weight that they've been carrying around and not not wanting, and don't feel like it's even theirs. Um, they've they've reported you know big shifts in their habits, even going off the cleanse that they you know they don't bring some of the things back in that they know weren't serving them because they had this time and space to get more perspective on it. Um, yeah, so. You know, everything from really small shifts where it's just like, oh, I got I actually slept the full night. And that was the first time I did that in months and months. And that was amazing to really big shifts. Like, I feel like a totally new person and I've got all this energy and I, you know, realize these things I want to change about my life that I've just been settling for for a long time. Um, So the whole the whole gamut, I would say. Yeah. A whole range of things, yeah, like surprise stuff. Anything like major, um, major life changes and swings that you've seen that. Uh... Um, I mean, folks who had been struggling with hormone issues, hormone health issues, and dependent on medication, gradually being able to wean themselves off medication, working with their doctor, right. um, and. So yeah, that, like finding relief from some chronic health issue that they'd been that someone's been taking medicine for for years and years, and and then you know being able to come off medication and um, manage it just through their diet and lifestyle more holistically, um, those have been some pretty big shifts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's got to be great though. It's mm-hmm. it's seeing that change in people from coming in, you know. Uh, having serious issues, uh, headaches, you know, uh, whatever it might be, and then seeing a transformation, that's that's got to be pretty powerful. Yeah, for know. sure. Yeah. And as far as uh, in the future, uh, you know, where do you see your practice going? Uh, where, are you, where are you looking to take it? Yeah, well, I'm I'm really enjoying teaching online. And so I do hope to build more courses. Um, I've got a a course just focused on digestion in the works. Um, hopefully be launching that sometime this fall. Um, I, I plan to continue doing one-on-one work with clients and leading group cleanses. 
Um, I've been doing some in-person workshops as well in the area, and it's nice um, to also kind of build community in each other's presence, physical presence. And so, yeah, um, yeah I've talked potentially about going to other um, other geographic regions to to do workshops and teachings and stuff there. Or traveling, um, doing yeah, seminars, that sort of thing. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just looking to build the community around studying Ayurveda um, in a really practical way. I mean, that's I'd say that's my approach is very practical in yeah. recognizing that you know none of us are going to do it perfect, and we all you know, are doing the best we can. And so how can we adapt it to um, apply it to our modern day way of life and still make it really effective? Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there a uh, particular relationship between Ayurveda and yoga? Yeah. I mean, there yoga is a sister science of Ayurveda. Um, okay. And so yoga is more centered on the mind and mental health, really. We think of it as being a very physical thing. That's how we know it in the West as as asana and yoga poses. (laughs) Um, But really, those those movements are meant to enable you to sit in meditation for a long time. That's what it's all building up to. Um, So yoga is very centered on the mind and Ayurveda is very centered on the body. But Mm. they both recognize that there's a connection between the two. Um, and so they both work to support all of it. Um, Ayurveda just really hones in on the physical body and mm-hmm. yoga. We, we look to more for honing in on the mind and mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So both of them kind of work in tandem. They complement each other beautifully. Yeah. And yeah. I, I am a yoga teacher and teach okay. yoga and practice yoga. And so I do incorporate some of that understanding as well into my work with clients right. and into my courses. Definitely do a lot with um, breath work, breathing mm, exercises. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Is so that they, something that comes through with Ayurvedic too, is the is breathing? Yeah, is that, for I feel sure. Like I remember that being... Um, I'm not sure if it was in yoga or if it was in Ayurveda, where it's like circular breathing and breathing into the abdomen a whole lot. And, well, and just uh, even looking at how the breath flows in the body can tell you about, you know, where things are stuck. It's a, it's like a diagnostic tool as well. Okay. Um, you can see what what parts of the body are getting well oxygenated and have a lot of movement and flow and what parts of the body seem more constricted and cut off. Um, and then, yeah, one of the classical Ayurvedic texts, the Charaka Samhita says that the wise, the unwise physician follows disease and kills prana, which prana is loosely translated as breath. It's a little bit more than just our breath. It's like our life force, but it's carried on the breath. So the unwise physician follows disease and kills prana, kills this life force, this breath. The wise physician follows prana, follows the breath and kills disease. Mm. So this idea that, you know, look at where, how how the breathing is flowing. And that's going to tell you a lot about what's going on in the system. Right. Find the cause, not the effect. Yeah. 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 Treat that versus the symptom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, of course, that's very wise. <laughs> Good, wise practice there. Mm. And, uh, where are you uh, hailing from? Where are you coming from? I live in New Jersey, near the shore, okay. near the near Asbury Park. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's very nice. Is there is there a large Ayurvedic community there? Or? It's growing. It's growing. There's a really big yoga community for sure. And yeah. through that, I feel like Ayurveda is kind of riding on the coattails of yoga in the West and more right. and more folks are becoming interested in it, hearing about it in their yoga teacher trainings, incorporating it into their yoga classes. Um, and yeah, so people are curious and, and so many people are feeling the benefits of yoga and are like, Oh, what's this other thing right. coming from the Vedic culture? I want to know about that too. Yeah. And Asbury park, is that near the city? Uh, it's near, in terms of New York City, it's probably like two out an hour and a half. Oh, okay. So it's not not right super there. close. <laughs> hour and a half, two hours, maybe depending okay. on where you're going. Like if you take the train from Asbury, it's about two hours. Oh, and wow. then Philly is also like an hour and a half. So we're kind of oh, in okay. between the two. I lived outside of Philly for a long time, so okay. Uh, that I think is two and a half hours without too much traffic to the city, something like that. Driving. Yeah, maybe so. I've never yeah. done that trip, but yeah, that's I'm seeing a lot of uh, people finding definitely um, yoga and different forms of uh, body conditioning. It seems to be on the rise. Maybe it's an output from the pandemic, mm. um, mm -hmm. where it just seems like people are focused a little bit more on non-traditional means of uh, approaching um, spirituality, health. Uh, I'm thinking of a group in New Jersey, actually, that does uh, ice dunks where they go and sit in ice baths and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, I guess to conquer some of the mind's uh, controls over cold yeah. or what have you. Yeah. And a lot of people doing yoga, it seems like that's becoming a, a really large uh, movement. Um, are you seeing the numbers have been growing uh, in as far as uh, in terms of maybe post-pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think people are are wanting to take a more holistic approach to their health and not just wait until they get sick, you know, and rely on some medicine to fix them. But how do I build my resilience so that I don't get sick at all? Right. Yeah. I, I, what I've always found is that as, as humans in general, this is a super generalization, uh, to make change, we typically have to be put into a corner before mm -hmm. we'll do the action, whatever mm -hmm. that action is to change the situation. But it's usually when we're already boxed in or we're already sick or we already have some kind of ailment that's led us to looking for a solution. Um, the preemptive work doesn't seem to happen as much. It's, it's usually like something spurs it or something, you know, like a, a dramatic shift of change of health or something like that. Uh, but the pandemic seemed to have done a, a lot of the work uh, in that regard, where people got very aware really quick of, of their health mm -hmm. on, a, on a mass. Um, mm -hmm. I've definitely seen a big change in a lot of people um, yeah. in what their focus is um, at different levels, of course. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, of course, others that aren't. <laughs> Those mm -hmm. are more desperate. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, that's so where can where can people find you if they want to learn about your course and uh, the services that you have to offer? Yeah, uh, my website is probably the easiest place, indraholistic.com. That's I-N-D-R-A, holistic.com. 
Um, and on there, I have a number of free resources and you can, yeah, learn about my course and sign up for it. You can learn about consultations and you can learn about my cleanse um, and get in touch with me. If you want to just book a free call, there's a, a link to do that as well. If you just want to chat and see how Ayurveda might help you talk about what your health challenges are and see if it's a good fit. Um, yeah. That's yeah. that's kind of the central Grand Central Station. Well, thanks. We'll link to it as well in the description on the podcast and on YouTube. Awesome. Uh, what does Indra mean? Indra is a god in Hindu um, Hindu mythology and as well as in Ayurveda. Um, mm. I first heard the name Indra in a Hinduism class I took in college, mm. my last semester of college long before I even knew Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I heard that name, it just stood out to me. And I was like, wow, the next thing that I have to name, I'm naming Indra. I just, <laughs> I love great. that name. Yeah. And then years later, so and then I got a dog, um, mm -hmm. probably like five years later, and I named her Indra. And mm -hmm. um, Shortly after that, I met my friend Seva, who introduced me to Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. um, and when I began studying Ayurveda, I learned that Indra is the god who taught Ayurveda to the people so that mm -hmm. they could heal themselves and they could live out their dharma. Oh. When I learned about Indra in my Hinduism class, I learned of him as the God who rides the chariot that carries the sun over the horizon. Oh, and okay. he's also the God of rain and thunder. And mm. he was said to be the God, the King of the gods. Um, oh. But the part, the aspect of him that stood out to me the most was his relationship to Ayurveda, how he yeah. shared it with the people. And so, yeah, that when it was, when I was starting this business, um, yeah, that name was just like the obvious choice. It was the obvious thing, right? Mm -hmm. Now it sounds uh, parallels to like Zeus, maybe, or uh, uh, like a weather god, that sort of thing. Um, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, Chariot in the sun reminds me of uh, Zeus, oh, not Zeus, even of the thunderbolts, but uh, like Ra or something like that, right, in the Egyptian right. pantheon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know all the stories of Indra. There, right. there are many, um, but yeah, those are those are the ones that I know that have really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I've never heard Indra be equated to Zeus um, right. myself, but there may be some truth to that. Something to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Zeus was like thunderbolts, and I, I'm not sure if it's storms, but yeah, king of the king of the uh, was a Greek pantheon or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the sun, sun deity is typically oh, a sh Shamash, was it in uh, Sumerian? I'm trying to get back into the depths of the uh, god chronology back in the day. Um, and in Egypt, it was Ra, right? Um, <clears throat> although I don't know that they had the storms and the, you know, that other part, that element mm -hmm. to it as well. Mm -hmm. But um, well, Indra, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, if you could give somebody advice as far as uh, if they were looking to get into Ayurvedic work, um, mm. what would that be? Mm. Well, where, where would um, they start? I have a number of like free resources on my website. Um, 
you can go to indraholistic.com and then go to the resources tab. And there's a whole bunch of resources there. But the one that I would point folks in the direction of is a good place to start is Ayurveda's Guide to Healthy Eating Habits. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you go to indraholistic.com forward slash eating, you can download it for free there. And that just gives you simple kind of universal rules for how to eat, not so much what to eat, but how to eat in a way that is going to support your digestion. Right. Yeah. Which is very important. Yeah. And you can even just pick like one or two of those. Like there's a, it's a one page document with, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 things on it, but you just pick one or two to start with that seem easy and like, oh yeah, I can do that. Let me see how, let me do that for a week and see how I feel. Um, see what you notice. Um, so I think that would be where I'd send folks to start. Right. Just give it a week and see what happens and See how the body reacts. And, yeah. 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 Notice how, how you feel, how your energy level is, how your digestion is, how you sleep, how your elimination is. Um, all of those give us clues into, yeah, what's working and what's not. Um, right. Kind of get a body sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Kimberly, fantastic talking to you today. You too. Thank you so um, much for having me. And repeat that uh, the the website is indraholistic.com? Yeah, indraholistic.com, I-N-D-R-A, holistic.com. And when does that course uh, come out? The Ayurveda Made Easy, my eight-week course, will begin on March 28th. March 28th, excellent. All right, awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. Thank you, me too. Thank you. Yeah, and have a great night. You too. Thanks, Nick. Take care. Bye.